And now, live from Dining Room Studios in Hollywood, California, it's Thursday on the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes a guest. She's a comedian, also known as the Sultan of Sweets. It's Jenna Kim Jones. He's an IT professional, also known as the Duke of Data. It's Alan Moss. And he's a baby, also known as the Prince of Poopy. It's Elliot Quantz. Chef Jeff is here to make baby formula for his cats. I'm her husband, Daniel, saying hop on board the love bus and say hello to your new best friend, Allison Rosen. Hello, my little candy Valentine hearts. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another exciting Thursday show. I would like to say hello to my guests. Hello, Jenna Kim Jones. Hi. Hello, Alan. Hello. Hello, Daniel. Hi. Hi, Elliot. Hey, (laughs) Jeff. (laughs) Hey, Jeff. Hey, Allison. Can you believe it? You're a new mommy. Can you believe it? Call me a believer. I believe in umami. (laughs) 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 I can't believe it. Although I can believe it because I'm so tired. And so is Daniel. I believe anything. Yes. And during your intro, Daniel, I don't know if like time stood still for everyone else. <laughs> and then that is not an insult. I'm just saying, Trust I'm, me. I don't know. Time did weird things. And mm-hmm. I felt like, um, I felt like I could hear, oh, this sounds like an insult. It's not meant to be one. The <laughs> it sound your energy sounded different. That's all I'll say. My did energy, you feel like it was different? Was it a little more paternal? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it's because my energy was different, sweetheart. Uh, I am very tired, and so so you so the baby's not sleeping through the night yet. <laughs> so, yeah, is that weird? Is he? Is oh my he gosh, you guys! Come on, he's <laughs> ten days old now. Um, so yeah. as you guys know. I think my intention was to run um, previously unreleased live episodes in place of the Thursday show for at least three weeks. Um, and then also for the Monday show, I have some banked. This week with Jenny Connor, girls showrunner um, and girls writer and director is awesome. So I say check that one out. Uh, but I was going to take a little more time off. However... Daniel and I wanted to tell the whole crazy story of how Elliot got here. Mm-hmm. Right from the beginning. I'm right. So when mommy and daddy love each other. They go to a clinic. <laughs> they spend a lot of money. Daddy looks at big butt Latino porn. Right. <laughs> mommy shoots herself full of drugs. It's, yes. It's very, it's a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's classic. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so we want to tell that whole story. So anyway, here we are. However... As we were getting ready for the show, I sort of realized like, oh, I'm very out of it. So this is going to be a weird show, mm-hmm. and I am very out of it. And so is Daniel. A little bit. Yeah. I. Um, oh, and Elliot just spit up a little bit. So let's just take a real quick break, <laughs> and then we'll be back. And we're back. I can already tell that having Elliot present at the table is not going to create any sort of distraction at all. <laughs> anyway, I think I was just trying to apologize ahead of time for how weird... This episode is going to be because I feel super out of it. (laughs) He sounds just like an adult. It's weird. Um, But anyway, 
Before we jump into the whole story, Jenna, you just recorded a comedy album. Yes. Let's find out about that because I feel like if I don't find out about it now, I'm going to I'm going to forget. Oh, that's thank you. Uh over the weekend, I recorded a comedy show. It's going to be for the company VidAngel. They're creating all of this new content uh and it will be released not long from now. I don't think maybe a month or two and you'll be able to stream it online. Um, and I'm excited about it. The show went great. We had two shows. Both were like sold out, packed. Um, a lot of people, podcast listeners, friends, some family came. So it was really like very loving audience. It was like, it oh, felt great. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, it was really nice. So was ultra fan Raphael there? He was. That's he was. great. I, I saw know. on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It was so nice. So nice. Everyone who came was just the best. So, um, I, yeah, it was weird because it all happened really fast. I like this came opportunity came and like we signed the contract like five days before uh-huh. we even I went on stage. So it was like everything was really fast and crazy and I'm excited. I think it was it's it's they shot it really well. I got a couple of, one of my friends ended up being the camera operator, one of the camera operators. And so she took a couple of pictures while she was recording of just what it looked like. And I like the quality is oh, great. way high. And I thought That's like, so oh, awesome. wow, this is going to look way better. <laughs> so anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited. So were you nervous at all about how fast it was happening? Because in my experience, whenever anything like an opportunity comes up where it's right away, I'm like, wait, I need more time, even though you never get more time. I was nervous because I'm always nervous. But I wasn't nervous because of that. In fact, I actually think I I just operate better with all of that pressure. Right. I think at everything I just I suddenly go into this like focused mode. Nothing distracts me. It's way better. So all in all, it worked out. Well, I'm very excited to see it. Thanks. That's super cool. Yeah, I, it's exciting. It'll. I hope it comes out, and I hope it looks good, and I hope you guys will go stream it. It's going to be fun. We will do all of that. Yay! All right. So Daniel and I had a baby. <laughs> Yes. He's sitting at the table, is making uh, making some sounds. Yes. I don't know. Oh. Hey there, Rosenquartz baby. Oh. It's time, no more maybe. Every other point is mute. It's time to come down and shoot. Hey there, Rosenquartz baby. It's time to meet mommy and daddy. Everybody gather around Cause Daniel and Allison Babies come to town <laughs> Aww, Oh, that's thanks. so sweet that's so nice. yeah. This thanks, is the first dog. time I've heard that song, right? I'm not just losing my mind Yeah, no, It was he, a surprise? He, okay. he top secret slid it to me <laughs> Okay, good That's that what I figure, cute. but then I'm like Or I'm really losing my mind No, that is so Thank cute. you, Trap Dog That was so sweet I'm gonna sing that to him now <laughs> So Do it now. I want to hear you sing it now. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rosenquantz, baby. It's hey there, I think. <laughs> hey there, Rosenquantz, baby. Dequants on the snappy. 227 <laughs> is the place to be with Marla Gibbs and her family. <laughs> there you go. People have pointed Tra- out that the baby is Equants on the snappy. <laughs> it is yeah. on the snappy. That's awesome. So, oh, I didn't grab grab a snappy address before well you could do it this is not <laughs> before this, this airs this is yeah. this is not live so yeah. <laughs> you, you can know, just do it yeah. after the show <laughs> yeah I, daniel before <laughs> we announced the name daniel grabbed all the uh social media accounts with his name so yeah so he has like that's your first act of super great fatherhood yeah, yeah. 
Listen, oh, one awesome. day it'll be like, son, it's time you have your own email account. <laughs> and it'll, that'll be, be like in two years. Name. That's right. Yeah. 18 months will be time. <laughs> We've talked about that. I worry about that. It's like uh, the next generation that comes up, everything's taken. Yeah. You're going to have to be. It'll all be just you know, numbers and symbols. Yeah, Daniel Quant's 9787765. Right. That's going to be you. Yeah. Right. Is that going to come into the name picking process where people be like, we like these three names. Oh, but those two domains are already right. picked. Seriously. That handle's not available on Facebook. I, I no have thought about like, available anymore. I have thought about like legacy though, you know? So if, so I'm like Daniel Quants at whatever yeah. and some things. And it's like, when I go, if there's another Daniel Quants, I can bequeath it <laughs> to the new Daniel Quants and they can have, but then they'll have all my old emails, I guess, or something. So Yeah, or like I always retweet uh, really clever jokes, so you need to continue that on. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so It reminds me of that SNL, the old SNL uh, ad where it was like a um, Morgan Stanley black and white bank. You know, it's like an ad for a bank. And they're like, we protect your investment. We take a long time before we put your money into investments because we don't like to waste it. And, ju- and so we waited a while to get into the internet. Uh, but by the time we got into it, our domain was already taken. So visit us at bigclownpenis.fart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we don't have a dot fart uh, <laughs> domain. No. Okay. So, uh, I have to say, so I was sort of traumatized by. I had a uniquely, um, I think, upsetting birth experience because Elliot ended up in the NICU, which is the neonatal intensive care unit. Um, Spoiler and- alert. Yeah, I know. I'm well, but I've already posted that and stuff. So I'll get to that eventually. So I think that there were like things that were uniquely um traumatizing about this experience. However, I'm beginning to feel like all childbirth has aspects of trauma in it. Correct. My friend <laughs> Laura Lou. Yeah, my friend Laura mm-hmm. wrote a piece for the Washington Post about um making people watch her birth video and sort of because it, it was like as a way for her to process her feelings about it um and how there was there was trauma attached to it. And yeah. I had emailed her ahead of time and wanted to know more because I didn't understand her use of the word trauma because she had, as far as I could tell, like good birth. So I was like, what's traumatic about it? <laughs> Little did I know. Now I totally get it. <laughs> there is something violent and traumatic about a person coming out of your body. Yep. And it's not easy. It's not like the bo- It's not like a snake, how it detaches its jaw and it's just like can eat a giant hedgehog or something. The body, exactly what I was thinking. The body it's not like adjusts. that. It's opposite. <laughs> yeah, going out. Right. You the, know, <laughs> your body does adjust, but it's still an unbelievably it takes forever. Process. Yes, and I think I had heard from people that were like, "Get the epidural." Honestly, I know that not everyone has this experience, but I felt like I was having a day at the spa, or like it oh. really was really easy. By the way, what spa is she going to? <laughs> the worst spa <laughs> yeah, ever. Exactly. Spa is where you know you grunt and sweat and, and have pain for I'm so fucking out of it right now <laughs> I know what you're saying now. Together. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah it, there's just something violent about the whole process and I, I walked away from it feeling and I still I haven't really processed it entirely which is why the story is going to feel disjointed but um, I cannot believe that this is how every human being got here. <laughs> That's what Allison texted to me. And I, I was can't like, believe. This I know, is right? How, I can't believe. It's insane. I- <laughs> like, I don't want to be one of those people who who has this like, 
I don't know why I don't want to be this person. It makes me sound like an asshole that I don't want to be this person, but I don't want to be like every woman on this earth who has had a child is special. Like, I don't want to feel like it's like you're in a new category once you have a kid. However, every woman who's had a kid has gone through something super intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's more just about appreciation. Like one of the things, and Al and I were talking about this, it's like, um, you know, everyone listening, don't wait for mother's day. Buy your mom a gift tomorrow. (laughs) I don't care what your fucking relationship is with your mom. Like how strained it is. Holy shit. Like, holy shit. Go thank your mother. Go fucking thank her. She, like, I don't care how easy, in quotes, it is. It's still a fucking crazy traumatic thing that a mother has to go through. It's, I've been like. It seems so unnatural, even though it's the most natural. Right. Well, because we tend to cleanse our lives of of that kind of. Right. um, But also being. Yes, but also being induced, I think. Well, makes you feel like it's not natural. I think there's it more feels like a medical pain. Procedure. Yeah, True. there's more managing yeah. of the different drugs and things. Right. But um, it's a it's an incredible thing because uh, I was right up there, you know, helping, and I saw it like all of it, and it's amazing. It's incredible. Like I was, I was saying, like you hear people describe it, and you go, okay, and then you 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 witness it happen and then you think how do i describe what i just experienced and the same words come to mind you realize that words can't mm-hmm. you can't describe it with words it's not something that i just it's really an incredible thing well i have a description so remember how i said <laughs> looking at that crowning picture was like seeing an orange coming through a tube sock and i don't mean the length of a tube sock i just mean like something round coming through something sort of stretched open. However, we have a photo of me crowning. What? Yes, we do. Not you, Elliot. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we have a, still. a daguerreotype of... No, our doula took it. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. she's a really good photographer. I, wow. <laughs> I know. And I actually actually have a memory... Because they, they let me crown for a while like trying to let me stretch uh-huh. um so there was a while where i was sitting there crowning and i sort of felt her take the shot and i was oh like this gosh. would be interesting and it took me a while to have the uh the guts to look at it but i finally looked at it definitely not an orange through tube sock it's more like and i hope no one's eating right now and i hope no one ever wants to eat again a meatball sandwich the meatball being the head <laughs> I was yeah, so swollen. Right. So imagine a meatball sandwich, but it's just like one meatball covered in hair. A hairy <laughs> meatball. The, it doesn't look like a meatball. I'm just saying, you know, size-wise, pr- for proportion. Imagine, so imagine your, your roll and then one meatball at the base of it. That is what it looked like. Like my vagina was as swollen as like a real thick like, bun it's more like take two giant uh slabs of ca- two giant cow livers oh god well and now this together, is and now gross. you have a hairy meatball yeah that's more like what it is anyway so okay uh <laughs> so beautiful <laughs> it's really but what I was such saying, a miracle honey i wasn't saying to describe the appearance of it. I'm saying describe the experience. Okay. Well, you said to me, you just couldn't believe how huge my vagina was. 
Well, definitely that part. And I'm still, I'm, That's a compliment. You're really I'm, focusing yeah. on you're really focusing on one aspect of this, sweetheart. But I'm trying to. <laughs> but understand. I'm talking about seeing my baby get born in the world. But let's talk about how massive your vagina got. We can. Yeah. But are you talking about the opening or just like the? Honey, I'm talking about seeing my son get born. I'm not. No, but specifically zeroing the, in on the genitalia. But when you were zeroing in on it, I want to understand. Are you talking about how it like seemed to just take up my whole body? <laughs> like from? Are you talking about base to top of the vagina? Or are you talking about the baby coming through aspect of it, or just the whole thing? I don't even remember where we started with this. You're gonna have to. Track it was me back you telling to- me you couldn't believe how huge my vagina was. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you were swollen too. You, yeah. Oh, maybe that's what you meant. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Moving on. Starting at the <laughs> beginning. Okay. So the whole thing, the whole thing took over thirty-seven hours. Mm-hmm. Um, longer if you count the time that we got to the hospital. But that we got there at ten about, and then it took a few hours for them to start. Um, there's two different drugs they can. I think I might have been talking about this on the show right before we started. There's two different drugs they can use to quote unquote ripen your cervix. Yes, just Daniel. to people who don't know about this stuff. Normally, you wait for the body to go into labor. Yes, and it all these things like different hormones and things are released to trigger different. It's like a domino sort of thing. With induction, the body's not ready yet. So everything has to be done with drugs. And so the whole process is controlled with a series of different drugs that they give. So the right. first one that she's talking about is like the the one that initiates. The right. Because Pitocin is the drug everyone knows that starts the contractions. But if your cervix isn't ready, then it won't work. So my cervix was what they said unfavorable, which is like it's not it's not ready for a baby to happen yet. So they had to um, make it favorable. So there's a couple different drugs they can give, or they can do what Jenna had, right. which is just use the balloon. Mm-hmm. But um, they use you have drugs to be a few, and the balloon. You, you have, have to, to be, be a little bit dilated or it's really painful, which I think is what happened to you. Yeah. I was dilated to one. Mm-hmm. Okay. They put it in. You couldn't yeah. be, you couldn't have done the balloon. No, because I wasn't, I wasn't dilated at all yet. Mm-hmm. So one of the drugs takes four hours. One of the drugs takes 12 hours. The one that's four hours is more intense. The one that's 12 hours is less intense and they can take that one. It's like a string and they can take it out. Whereas the one that's four hours dissolves inside you. So they can't stop it if it starts going too fast. But I was leaning towards the four hour one. My doctor was leaning towards the four hour one. Um, and when we were like 10 minutes from the hospital. I got this call from our doula who, by the way, turned out to be an angel. She was like, amazing. she was amazing. So great. We had her though. Yes. However, about 10 minutes before I get this call from her saying like, whatever you do, don't use the four hour one. Make sure you do the 12 hour one because the four hour one can like get the contractions going too fast and the baby can, it can put stress on the baby and you can end up she with a C-section. Aired, she aired on the side and everything she aired on the side of like no risk to the baby. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's a little bit of like, if you're comparing the two, the four hour one, there's a little bit more risk to the baby. That's what she said. Yes. Sure. Well, that's what the doctor told us too but no, it, she the, but but she had said that it was so minor that it was she didn't say risk to the baby though i said which drug has more risks and she said because you can take the other one out if you're comparing them i would have to say cervidil is the slightly less risky one but she kind of like pooed the question okay. anyway long story okay so long story short which is not gonna happen it's gonna be a long story um <laughs> she's like you know whatever you do you, you want to do this like as gentle and slow as possible. And that kind of threw me into a tailspin 
I was already in a tailspin. It just spun my tail faster because I was like, I had already made up my mind. And so the idea of undoing that decision was upsetting to me and I really didn't know what to do. But as it turned out, once they like got me all set up um, and they were trying to figure out which drug to use, they noticed that I was already having contractions. And if you're having contractions within a certain amount of time, then they can't use Cytotec, which is the faster one. Right. So the decision was made for me. I was not a candidate for the faster one. They did Cervidil. So that's just 12 hours of sitting there um, and and checking my cervix frequently. And at a certain point... Hitting refresh on your cervix. <laughs> well, yes. Did you guys have stuff to do for those 12 hours? Did you like bring... Or were you just so focused like... You know, we did bring stuff, but... We didn't really I found myself yeah. so yeah. distracted by what was going on. Right. The time... Yeah. It, it goes weird. pretty... Yeah, I know. It is weird. Plus but I you, wondered. Yeah, plus you have... The thing about a hospital room is it's never peaceful. No, there's so many yep. people that come bug you all the time. Yeah, That's and actually, true. it's it's an argument. You know, when they when we're going to the baby classes and stuff, the birthing class, they was like, wait till as late as possible to go yeah. to the hospital. And part of it is because it you can't relax, and there's so much time when you need to just be like relaxing and, and managing and it's pain. It's so uncomfortable and with the IV and yes, with the baby monitors and with the blood pressure cuff. Yeah. It's like growing into your arm that's yeah, how like I you got a blister on, you had a blister on your yes, stomach from the baby monitor that, yeah i'm sorry i'm gonna be petty and complain about a lot of stuff but i was saying that the monitor is is beginning to hurt and i feel like they were at that point they were just like okay we're not listening to you anymore because you you are unhappy with everything but i have a, a blister and a scab Oof. from where that where it was wow. kind of abrading the skin yeah that's bad um, yeah yeah so anyway um, it was the contractions were getting more and more uncomfortable, and I knew that the next step was the Foley balloon, which is what you had, Jen, yes. and I knew that that was uncomfortable, and I was kind of afraid of that. Um, so I opted to get the walking epidural, which is not offered at all hospitals, but it's like a very light epidural. You can still walk. I opted to get that at the kind of in the evening at some point because I had had um, one dose of fentanyl. And they limit it to three. I couldn't get it clear if they limit it to three or if it's like only three are going to be effective. But I had one and that was amazing and it instantly allowed short. me to sleep. The thing about fentanyl is yeah. it, after about an hour, it wears off. Right. And then like three hours later, I had another one and that one instantly made me feel like I was going to throw up and wore off after like half an hour. So then I'm like at this point yeah. and they were saying if you wait another three hours or four hours you but should be good, but you don't I, want to get too close to the birth with the fentanyl. Well, that was there was no risk of that. We knew we were still real far away from the birth. It was more just that if I was relying on fentanyl to make the Foley balloon insertion not painful, I was I didn't think it was going to work anymore because yeah. it was like very diminishing returns. Um, so got the walking epidural. That was good. Um, the placement of the epidural was not as nothing as everyone had said to me because the anesthesiologist like really was really kind of pushing hard on my back to find the right spot. And when they put, I don't know, one of the things in, like I felt this, it was like someone hit my funny bone, but in my spine. Did you have that at no, all? No, no, no. It yeah. was a weird that, like electrical feeling. I was so scared of getting the epidural. I, every, Every moment getting to the hospital was like, okay, what scary thing is going to happen next? Up until pushing the baby out, right? So yes, that was, was the whole experience, yes, right? It's like, what scary? Try thing to get is some happening? sleep. We're going to come in and torture you in, <laughs> yes. in the morning. Yes. So I remember they did the balloon process 
wait, where, where were we at? The balloon process was over. And they said, do you want to get, they'd started me on Pitocin and they said, do you want to get the epidural now? And I said, absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. So the doctor came in and I remember thinking, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. I'm, scared. I'm just sitting there like bracing myself yeah. ready for whatever it's going to be. And then she's like, I'm done. So I had a great experience with putting it in. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I got lucky there. We had. Dan- a- there was a ton of blood too. Yeah. I, I watched. Oh, well, man. I. They, she was facing me, so I didn't see her back while it was going on. But yeah. I watched the anesthesiologist as he was like doing what he was doing, and it was—I mean, I was just fascinated because there were so many needles and oh, so much. Like he literally like unrolled this and like all these tools, and he got it ready, and then with one hand was reaching over, changing the needle, sticking it in, like doing the I was like, smoking God a damn. cigarette with the other hand. It was, <laughs> no, it was so <laughs> unsanitary. He looked like um, he looked like. Uh, Larry Miller's like yes like kind of dopey brother <laughs> when but, he came in I was kind of like are you sure you're, are you sure you're the end are you sure you're doing this he was this? super nice I should he was be, very nice be, I doubt he's listening to the podcast yeah I'm sure he's um but well oh yeah but I made a comment I'm like is that that's a lot of blood and he's like wait for childbirth <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say oh, it with that awesome. like tone in his voice but he, but he did have one said, of those uh groucho marx glasses <laughs> with the mustache <laughs> he did say wait for childbirth um okay so then i had that i felt a little bit better and the plan was to check my cervix at 1 a.m at 1 a.m they checked and i was one so centimeter this is 12 dilated. hours after i was one centimeter dilated they decided to leave it in for another 12 hours oh my gosh. and in the morning they were going to check and maybe do the foley balloon i think around 8 a.m Maybe I can't remember. The t- time is all confused. Yeah, it they doesn't checked. Really matter. They put the balloon in. I actually didn't even feel that. Good. Um, they tape it's the other end to your. To, <laughs> they tape it to your inner thigh. Yep. Which is weird. Um, and then also, also going to the bathroom at that point, like wheeling the whole IV pole. They're like, don't don't wipe, just blot, because there was now like the medicine inside my vagina and the balloon, and it was just a whole thing. Um, and yet, in this state, going to the bathroom is like one of the more fun things you can do. And yeah, it takes some time. Yeah, you know, like exactly. you gotta break, break yeah. it up. <laughs> right. So, uh, place the balloon. Every few hours, they'd come in, untape it from my thigh, and tug on it. That's the worst part. Yeah. And then, miraculously, like a, a seemingly, it felt like only a few hours later, they tugged and it came right out. Awesome. And I was like, oh, yay. So then they started the Pitocin. Um, I cannot remember anything that happened for a while. And then at a certain point, so this is now Thursday, at a certain point, the contractions were getting pretty intense and, um, I was breathing through them, but I was feeling, oh, I know we were also spending a lot of time. So the baby was sunny side up. You want the face to be down, but the face was up. So spending a lot of time in different positions, like trying yeah. to, to turn the baby around if possible. And also they kept losing the baby on the monitor. Um, so they'd come in and have to like move the monitor around. Oh, that's worse. And then they came that's in terrible. and did an ultrasound at one point to see at what position he was in. At one point, my doctor felt my cervix and felt his head and oh, was no. like all happy because he was in the right position. Oh, good. And then she felt it later and he was now like floating again. Mm. So... She referred to, oh, you little pistol is what she said. I've been thinking a lot about that. I've been thinking about like, <laughs> little if, that's your go- if that's your go-to insult, it's like she's like the clean 
clean comic of doctor. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that I can imagine a doctor being like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> but still, it was just, it was so antiquated. You it does. Pistol. It feels like something my grandpa used to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm staring at our little pistol right now. So anyway, um, okay. So then. So you're still on the walking epidural. Yes. On the walking epidural. Are getting, contractions are getting more intense. Yeah. And with the walking epidural, initially, you know, they give you that button, that yes. like Jeopardy button you can press. <laughs> so I pressed it a few times at the, I don't know, at some point and it worked. And then it, they had told me you can only press it. They're like, there's, there's conditions for when you press it. You can press it two times in an hour. It has to be at least 20 minutes apart or something. Okay. So the last like five times I tried to press it, it beeped. And then the machine said like, bolus request it the machine denied me it said no and i did exactly (laughs) and i didn't understand so i asked my doctor or nurse no my nurse um and she called an anesthesiologist now a different it's like always different people i know now a different anesthesiologist who came in who said that with the walking epidural you're not allowed any extra medicine through the button and i said but they set it up last night so that I could be getting extra. And she's like, you're, you're, she just repeated that you're not allowed any extra. Mm. With, the walking the drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the walking epidural. Mm. And I'm like, and then she's, then there was this whole thing of like, well, who, who played, you know, who set it up? And I'm like, I don't know his who, name. I don't he know. He looks like Larry Miller. I don't know. Yeah. I think his name was Mark. And she's like, oh yeah, he's really nice. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, he made it so that I could, press the button and get extra like he went through a whole spiel about like press it this way and then i made it i made a joke and then he made it you know it was like a whole thing mm-hmm. it definitely happened but then they said that no you can't get any extra so at that point i thought maybe it's time to consider converting to the actual epidural yeah with the walking epidural you can convert to a regular epidural you can't go backwards though so that was the worst decision i ever made because <laughs> i was sort of okay with the walking epidural like it was manageable i was just afraid of what was headed my way right convert to the regular epidural and i was concerned about my legs being numb so they made they're like we'll start you off on a low dose or whatever so you know your leg oh had they broken my water at this point i don't they hadn't no are you sure no you're not sure nope i'm pretty sure they i'm pretty sure well who cares at some point they broke what they didn't i think they did okay because i think It doesn't matter. At some point, they broke my water. Yeah. And they saw that there was meconium in the water. The water was green. And meconium is a a mammal's first poop. And it's thick meconium. It's called meconium. It's like thick and tarry, and it's green. Oh, are you being silly? No, I know it. I know uh, what meconium is uh, because I went through this with you. Yes. Uh, But for some reason, the word doesn't sound right. It doesn't. That's all I was going to say. Okay. Is there's not an R in there? No. I know. you want People want to say marconium. Marconium? It's, it's is marconium. Is someone? <laughs> marconium? Yeah, it's the guy that invented pre- the wireless radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This seems like a perfect time to take a little break and to tell you guys about spring. Uh, it's a di- spring is a digital shopping destination with over 1,500 brands for all your fashion, beauty, and lifestyle needs all in one place. No more having to visit multiple sites. Get it with one checkout. Um, my experience at Spring has been something that I can't stop thinking about because it was amazing. I bought some rings. I bought some mascara. I bought some uh, some eyelash 
primer that goes on before the mascara. I bought a diptyque candle. There's so, because I was steering away from buying clothes because of my changing body size and the baby and all that. So I just bought like accessories and awesome, cool stuff. Um, there's so much stuff from so many different brands and all of it is like stylish and fashionable and really good prices. And it's all in one place. And the website is super easy to use and the stuff arrived very, very quickly. So, uh, I will be going back to spring. Yes, I will. Spring, you'll find brands like Origins, Smashbox, Tory Burch, Club Monaco, Mark Jacobs, Stuart Weitzman, Vince, Urban Outfitters, and more. Download the Spring app in the App Store or visit shopspring.com. And Spring's concierge service is available to offer unmatched support and customer service. You can even follow brands um, or products you love to track them on your personal shopping list and receive emails and alerts when products go on sale. They have uh, wardrobe staples, shoes, accessories, tech and travel gear, luxury brands, all sorts of must-haves at shopspring.com. Free shipping and returns. No shipping minimums. It's... You guys have to check it out. Download the Spring app in the App Store or go to shopspring.com now to start saving on all the latest fashion and lifestyle trends. Get free shipping and free returns on your spring purchases with no spending minimums. As an added bonus, use my code ROSEN at checkout to take 20% off of your first purchase. See the website for more details. That's shopspring.com or shop through the Spring app and use the code ROSEN. Okay. By the way, you guys, thank you for still sticking with this story. As I was explaining before the show, which you haven't heard yet, but everyone in this room has, um, I have not yet figured out how to condense this story um, and I'm still processing it. So you guys are getting like the the real unfiltered director's cut version. At some point I will make it. This is what they want. I will make some of them do some of them don't i will make it snappier and i will get to the action i will get to like the real money shots of it all you know beyond the meatball sandwich that was my vagina but for right now it's just a real loosey-goosey long-ass story with way too many details about so much pain relief that didn't really work so anyway 99 percent of the story of his birth was you dealing with pain medication (laughs) yeah It really was. So it really was. So, uh, meconium. So they told me, okay. So what this means is there will be extra people in the room when you deliver. There will be people from the pediatric team or from the NICU in case of. And they didn't really say what. It's just that there's some extra risk. Yeah, they didn't say why they were going to be there. I just knew that. Oh, there's going to be more people in the room now. Okay. I wish I'd had the presence of mind to ask. Like, what are we? What are Bless you, Elliot. <laughs> he sneezed. Like, what are we on guard for? But I didn't. So anyway, they broke my water. I was six centimeters. Um, switched to the regular epidural and didn't feel anything different really. With a regular epidural, they have to put in a catheter because they say that you are you could be like numb from the you waist down. Bladder, you can't feel so your, your bladder. So your bladder could explode because you won't know to release you yourself. Right. Ooh. I wish that had been the case. Not that my bladder exploded, but that I couldn't feel my bladder. So I was very nervous about them putting in the catheter. They promised me that they would wait until everything takes effect. Um, Elliot doesn't like this part of the story. They promised mm-hmm. that they would wait until everything takes effect, and I wouldn't feel it. They waited. They put it in the catheter. I immediately felt like my urethra was on fire. Oh. I immediately felt like my bladder was exploding. Like I had the strong... And by the way, for anyone who 
has to uh, have a baby soon. I'm sorry. This story is scary. Um, I immediately felt this like intense, I need to pee so bad. I'm, it, this was the worst. This was the most uncomfortable of the whole thing, honestly. Like on that pain scale, this was like a nine or 10 That's out so of 10 brutal. because it was like this insistent need to pee, burning discomfort mm-hmm. that I, I felt like I was being tortured. Like imagine if someone stuck a tube up your urethra. It was like that. <laughs> That's yeah. what it feels like. And I don't know if my inability to hand, because I remember a nurse being like, don't freak out. And me being like, I'm going to, f- I didn't say this, but in my head it was like, oh, bitch, I'm way past don't yeah. freak the out. Thing like, that I'm going to freak out. Okay. I am freaking so, out right now. Her okay. saying don't freak out, by the way, didn't okay. help me not freak right. out. It's not happening. What's not happening? It, it's over. <laughs> One of the things that baffled me was not baffled, but like just was frustrating was how the nurses, and I'm sure there was reason behind this most of the time, was how the nurses w- wouldn't just believe you, um, and I would think try that to like, like. There's no way you're feeling it. And I'm like, yes. I'm a thousand. Try to talk you it. out of. Yeah, you're like the ep- the whole point of the epidural. This is this is what ha- this is what happened. They gave you the epidural, which is supposed to numb you from the waist down completely. Well, okay, maybe. Well, except for pressure. You're supposed yeah. to feel pressure, but no, uh, nothing you're else. You're not supposed to feel any sharp pain. You're not supposed to feel like your urethra's on fire. Not even sharp pain. You're just right. supposed to feel pressure. Yes, correct. Okay. And you're sitting there saying that you're feeling this pain in your bladder. And they're, they're going, well, maybe we need to put some numbing cream well, on so the Well, so then thing. they decided they're going to... They wanted to advance the catheter. So it's like, you're in pain. We're going to shove it in more. Okay. So they advanced it. That did nothing. Then they like sprayed Dermacaine all over it. That did nothing. No. But but my point is like, if if you're having to do that, then obviously the epidural isn't working. Right. Because Correct. you shouldn't have to numb the fucking catheter if the epidural is working. I, 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 I couldn't begging, understand how they didn't get that. I was begging them. I'm like, can you please just take it out? Just let me go to the bathroom. And they're like, oh, we can't do that. Oh we can't gosh. do that because we gave you the epidural, so we can't allow you to walk. So I was like waving my legs, and I'm showing them like <laughs> my legs aren't numb. My legs are less numb right. now than when I had the walking epidural where you let me walk. It's not working. Right. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I wasn't even aware that it wasn't working yet. Right. I was just aware that I was – I was – considering like just take it out and i'll just do natural childbirth like isn't and i kept saying like isn't there any way we can go back to the walking epidural and i don't understand why they can't like just let it wear off and then go i don't know like Mm -hmm. they were just they wouldn't they weren't accommodating me finally a nurse said this is an epidural problem you should be numb so then this then it's like all these different people coming in adjusting the epidural putting shots of stuff in the epidural like they put a shot of something strong in the epidural and this guy's like do your leg your legs should feel warm and funny do they and i'm like maybe (laughs) and then eventually a while later i was like i think maybe but i should i but i was like i think i even said to him like should i have to to be like i think it was like the first time you smoked pot and you're like i think maybe yeah something was wrong because i had the catheter did not feel it i mean i felt like oh something's happening but no not the worst feeling ever but i have to agree with you on the like nurse situation Uh because i had a few times well, we had about two hours where I was like, the baby's ready. I'm definitely um, dilated. We have to push. And the nurse was like, that's impossible because we just broke your water two hours ago. And I'm like, but I like, yeah, but 
every part of my entire being and body wants to push a that baby out and they're sort like sort of happened to us too that's impossible Ugh. it's and so i when you guys are talking about that all i'm thinking is like yes they don't believe you and they kind of make you feel like you're crazy right but you're not crazy because it's your body yes yeah and the only thing i can think is like i guess 90 percent of the people that come in there are complete assholes and so they <laughs> treat you they treat you like one like i don't like we had i gotta say the care at cedars for the most part was pretty great well same like, with us we overall had, yeah but there was at least one nurse who fucking sucked and i just think like i get it there's compassion fatigue or whatever you want to call it but like you you have to understand like not everybody who's in there is a hypochondriac asshole who's trying to just con you for more drugs like <laughs> right right you know for i know more, there are people who more, do that i get off on numbing drugs well, yeah, yeah i know not even a fun drug <laughs> right yeah give me an epidural i'm gonna pretend i'm pregnant so they give me an epidural <laughs> right like it, it's it's ridiculous like if it's safe for the baby fucking do it yes agreed uh, you know? no i it was that is one of the most frustrating things about our our experience was the like but are you sh maybe you just need more epidural they kept yes, saying that, maybe i just need more it, epidural and oh, i was like i don't need more epidural i know what's going on part right. of it was that they treated allison like you must be a real wuss i mean that was oh. kind of the the like you're you're you know and and it's in like in retrospect i wonder am i though no I because i can so. tell you i can tell you mostly you know from what i've seen you go through and i think because of your um endometriosis and everything you have a very high tolerance for pain yeah you are scared more afraid of pain than anybody i've ever met <laughs> but you have a higher tolerance right for it. and um so you definitely were not being a wuss they mm -hmm. don't know that about you right but the but going in with the assumption that a person is a wuss is the insulting part. Yes, like, it's horrible. Yes. Like just if a person says they're in pain, take their fucking word for it. Agreed. Especially when you're having a baby. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I mean, come on. Eventually, I they read... By the way, Elliot is now in my arms, so you might hear him. You guys might hear him. Um, eventually, they redid the epidural. Yeah. And here's the weird thing, though. I didn't feel the numbing shots. So it's like something was numb. It's just I wasn't completely numb. And well, my, yeah. And then they, they were doing tests where they would take rubbing alcohol and like rub it on my forehead. Okay, you feel the cold. And they'd rub it on my stomach. Do you feel the, the temperature of it? And I said no because my stomach was numb. Yeah. But what it was like from my pelvis down that I wasn't numb. Yeah. Um, Which can so, happen because my sister had an epidural that only her left leg was numb. Right. And that was it. Well, so that's the other thing. So they were just like, really? Are you sure with the epidural? And it's like... But then when they explain it to you, they, they say, well, we can't really see where the needle's going. Right. It's a little bit of guesswork. And it's like, you guys do this and see this all day, every day. You must get it wrong all, like pretty frequently. Like, you At know, least if, occasionally. Let's say it's 10% of the time. Right. We that's all know people who have stories. Yeah, like, like even this. if it's 10% right. of the time, that's pretty frequent. Why is this such a debate right now? Like, Okay, right. you got I think it wrong. Because there's nothing Big they can deal. do. Because once they replaced it, it, I don't know if I don't. Maybe my anatomy's weird. I don't know what it was. It was but, such a battle to get you to get the second epidural. Right. Well, so then, right, because they kept wanting to be like, let's just try this. And then they let's brought just in try more this. people. I felt there like the so head of people. anesthesiology was in there, sitting on the countertop, like <laughs> oh, looking at with playing Candy Crush, or whatever <laughs> the fuck he was doing, while three of his other people. Were, I mean, it was I like, know. And at the beginning, I was requesting 
that one of the things I requested was the, the attending anesthesiologist do the epidural. By the end, I was like, you, you've been in medical school for one day. You can <laughs> do whatever you want. I had yeah. stopped even caring about that. Yeah. Although maybe I should have cared because the walking epidural worked great. I yeah. wish, like I said, I wish I had just stuck with that. I was just afraid of what was coming they, next. I don't think that the walking epidural would have worked. Though, no, but the, the epidural w- didn't the work either. Right. That's but- the thing. So anyway, at a certain point, they checked me and... Oh, lo and behold, they checked my cervix. I'm nine and a half or 10 centimeters dilated. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also maybe part of why I was having so much discomfort is like at that point, that's you were in. It's really, that's when it's really happening. And I was having, I was experiencing like involuntary contractions. It was really weird, the feeling, because I couldn't feel the beginning of them because I was numb. But then it was just like, and this is going to be graphic. My vagina and butthole were <laughs> like that's where that was catching the brunt of all of it. Yeah, well, um, it's a weird. It was a weird feeling because your painful. body's just going like we know your body knows what to do, yeah. even yeah. if your brain isn't ready for it. Your body's like, okay, we're doing this. Right. Yeah. So I told <laughs> I told them I was experiencing the urge to push, which yeah. to me means the baby's happening soon. So one of the midwives was like, okay, let's start pushing. So we started pushing, and. I said to her, is my doctor on the way? Like, I feel like I said it numerous yeah, times when you call my doctor. And at a certain point, she's like, okay, I'll call her. And I was like, you she, hadn't they, called her before? She was assuming. So this was like, <laughs> mm, it was like 1220 mid, or yeah, 120. They were expecting the baby to arrive by dawn. dawn. By the baby dawn. came at 1225. I'm 225. Yeah, you guys were so close. We were, yeah. Re- yeah. yeah. And and like the doctor didn't arrive until maybe 1 50 minutes before. Yeah. Was one, it one? Once, maybe after one. I felt like it was like right at the, in the nick of time that she got there. It was very frustrating. Jeff, was I doing weird mic? I just realized I'm rocking the baby with my arms and also rocking the microphone. <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I was. In my head, it's like, oh, the midwife is going to deliver my baby. Yeah. I would like my doctor to get here, mostly because I've talked to my doctor extensively about my fear of tearing, and my doctor has assured me that she'll do everything she can to prevent the tearing, which, by the way, spoiler alert, I did not tear at all on the outside. I had to have one stitch on the inside. You are, I, I am so that happy for so you. Because thank you. I feel very was, lucky yeah. about that. That was one of the hardest parts of my recovery was because I, of that. Oh, no. Yeah. That part I feel incredibly fortunate about. They, um, and I think that it's because I had talked to her so much about it and she promised that she would do everything she could mm. to protect my parent. I, I watched it all right up. I was right up there and I saw how they did it. It was pretty amazing. A lot of massaging and, and stuff. And like pouring, pouring mineral oil You know, you know those individual oh. servings of, of like syrup. peanut butter or like the, the yeah, like syrup. You know, there's yeah. like a little thing you peel yeah, the top yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they had they had those of oil and they would just pour it, the oil, and then they would just rub, they would just massage it and massage it around. And, wow. I think, and then she would put like, like a, a warm, warm compress, warm compress against it to keep, the the tissue warm. I mean, it, they did a great job. She also, wow. I swear, I swear to God, put her finger in my butt at some point during the delivery. And I'm open to the idea that I was feeling things, weird sensations. For example, I've been told that I did not poop, which is unless I went. You did. I didn't poop. poop. What's Every, up, turds? This but, was I. Was, you ruined it. I was gonna tell everybody turds. she didn't fucking poop. Everybody, it was pretty. <laughs> I was. It was, I had just accepted I'm going to poop. 
But at the beginning of pushing, it's weird how self-conscious I got about that. I was like, maybe I can just push from the front and not push at the like at a certain <laughs> point, you, you know, you have to push with everything you got. Yeah. At a certain point, I accepted it. But it, my fear of pooping on the table was really holding me back at the very beginning. It was weird how much it was. Can we talk for a second about this nurse again, though? Well, I... F- no? I feel like I just want to, like... I want to get to the get to the get, yeah, the but we'll we'll circle back and talk about the horrendous nurse. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So anyway, um, but I thought that I probably had pooped on the table, mm-hmm. so I was experiencing butt sensations. Um, but I swear, I swear, <laughs> at the very end, she put her finger in my butt, and I have googled like my OB put her finger in my butt during childbirth. And other people have said that their OB did this too, and it's like to help the head get over the pelvic ridge or something. However, when I have my six-week appointment, I think I am going to need to ask her. It sort of reminds me of that episode of Friends where it's like, that's not how they measure pants. (laughs) I could have imagined it, but I'm pretty sure she did. I guarantee there was a reason for it if she did it. Oh, no. I'm not (laughs) saying... It's hilarious. That's a reason. I'm not suggesting that (laughs) she did it. She wasn't just like, hmm, wonder if she'll feel this. Boop. <laughs> but this is even more proof. Even yeah. more proof that the epidural wasn't working. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm so certain that I felt this, and I'm sure there was a purpose, or maybe I imagined it. I don't know. Anyway, okay. So doctor finally shows up, um, and we're pushing. It. My memory of the whole thing is like every the, all the different phases of the experience in my brain it's as if they happen in different rooms it's like very weird to me that it was all one bed in the same room like the but lighting changes they though. change the like lighting everything. the room transforms it's so weird once it's go time they yeah. have these spotlights in the ceiling they mm-hmm. turn on I think there's they, new mm-hmm. people in the room yeah. and they like everybody's now they, there's a there's a they, wardrobe change they get into scrubs <laughs> like it's nuts i know it totally changes yeah so um, we start pushing. My doctor had said something about like maybe baby will be here by dawn. And we jokingly, I, j- I joked that it was at 2 a.m. that I made the joke that like, I think he'll be here at 2.20 and he was there at 2.25. So I was pushing. At the beginning, I was doing what they said. Oh, hi. The beginning, I was doing what they said, which is like, tuck your head in, take a deep breath, count to 10, push. Okay. Hang on one second. Okay. Yeah, I know. Let's see. He is so cute. There we go. Okay. Um, By the end, I was just kind of moaning and making sounds, and it felt so much better. I wish I had done that from the beginning. They talk about that as like, don't don't give it away, you know. The, don't furrow your brow. Don't, don't do yeah. anything that'll take energy away from the pushing. But I found making the making sounds that out. my body wanted to make to be really relieving. Yes. And I wish I had done it earlier. Um, the night before, you know, when we were just waiting, uh, in the middle of the oh, night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the night, one of the other – a woman was giving birth in one of the other rooms. And the sounds she was making were like the screams of – from a horror movie? Yeah. No, it was like, (laughs) ah! Like, it was like fear. It was scary. It It was was the most bizarre, it was the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. First, we thought it was a baby. Yeah, it it sounded almost like a baby screaming. It was a woman screaming. But it was, and then I was like, that's the mom. Do you think that's why nurses are like, all you women are such wusses because of the woman who screams bloody murder in the... (laughs) Yeah. I still can't quite understand. Like, your your sounds were more about, you know, if you... 
see weightlifters, it's like, oh, you're pushing. Yes. That makes sense yeah. to me. But like a scream of bloody terror doesn't, yeah. oh, I don't, gosh. Just can't square that one. Yeah, no. So at a certain point, she was like, um, do you want to feel his head? And so I reached down and I felt his head. It felt squishy. And mm-hmm. this, I guess, was when I was when I was crowning or before I was crowning. Yeah. Like I said, they, they, right. They let him crown for what felt like a while. And that was, that was very mm, uncomfortable. It I think felt it probably to me felt like a, while. like a while to you. It really wasn't. It By the way, like but between when you started, you moved that baby quickly. Or he moved. I mean, I they were all were complimenting doing... me, but you did great. Thank you. So we wanted to do delayed cord clamping which is where they don't clamp the cord right away to let the extra cord blood, to let the baby have the extra cord blood. And he came out and... It's supposed to be really good for their immune system. They... Did she put him... He came out and she put him on my chest for like a second. And I just looked down and I'm like, my baby's green. I had a green baby. But I didn't think anything of it because I had it in my head that babies are not attractive Right. right when they come out of you and they're coated and stuff. But I definitely he was the main thing I was thinking is he's green and he doesn't look like an Elliot. <laughs> Those are my two thoughts. <laughs> um, and then I heard her like Daniel say something about delayed cord clamping. And she said, my memory is that she said there's no time. However, like Al recommended, we have the audio from it. And I listened back and what she actually said is, there's no time to do delayed cord clamping. But apparently there was time to get out that whole sentence. No time to do delayed cord clamping. We need to get him breathing. Cut. And then there's like a pause and she says, cut so, to Daniel. So can I yes. Can I interject from my yes. perspective? Yes. All right. Um, so he starts crowning and it's like the, the head deforms at the at the top of the head, you know, to get through. So mm-hmm. it's like cone head. Mm-hmm. So it comes through maybe the size of a baseball. And I'm thinking that's the size of the kid's head. It's going to be because you lose perspective of size. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, again, the vagina was massive. It was like, <laughs> so you don't know what's big or small anymore. Right. You know, needed something for scale. Yeah. It was like I needed to put a quarter next to the vagina <laughs> just to get a sense. So the, 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 the head's coming through and then all of a sudden it was like, and this huge head. It, it was yes. shocking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I was not expecting, and he did not look like a human baby. Now they tell you that um, <laughs> they tell you that the, watch out because babies when they first come out look awful. So I that that was what I was I was expecting that, but he was completely um, he was covered in the green. Yeah, but on but under the green was the white sort of. Uh, I think it's Vernix. Vernix, which is like a... Cheesiness. Yeah. Yes. And then, yes. But underneath that was... He was... Uh, pale. Pale. And oh. he he wasn't responsive. So... I didn't yet realize he wasn't responsive, though. So they had a, a pediatric team in the room. She's, she's on one side of the room giving birth. There was a whole mess of people that suddenly, all of a sudden, were in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were the pediatric team that were ready to, to work on him to get him... Uh, up and running right away and then you had like people overseeing them you had doctors nurses i mean it was crazy it was like who the fuck they yeah the doctors like immediately like cut the cord like we have no time takes the baby over to the other side of the room where there's like a little table where they work on him to get him responsive and 
um, from that point uh, until he took his first breath, it was seven minutes. And they were just like trying to get it. They were slapping his back and they were slapping his feet. And they're like, come on, you know. And then they put tubes, right? I I was not aware of any of this. So this is all from what Daniel told me. Yeah. So I was over there talking to him because I wanted to like him to hear my voice. And, you know, so I'm like, hey, buddy, you know. And they're like pulling fluid out of his lungs and giving him breaths. And I'm telling you, seven minutes is like the longest seven minutes you're like, Probably about five minutes in, six minutes, they start giving him CPR. Oh, jeez. And so they're like, you know, doing the thing on his chest counting. and counting. And like by this point, you, I'd started to realize starting like- to freak out. He's yeah. not, he's just lying there. Was he moving at all? No. <sighs> he wasn't moving. They were moving him. You know, they're like lifting him up and hitting the back, his back and like hitting his bottoms of his feet and just trying to like get him to respond. And he wasn't responding. He wasn't breathing. He wasn't making any noises. And then they're like, you know, one, two, three. They're all counting together. And I just, I just fucking lost it. Like I turned, I had to turn away from everybody. I just like, I felt like I was going to collapse. It was just, I thought, I thought we lost. It's your worst nightmare. Yeah. I thought we lost. I mean, I thought oh. he was dead. I thought it was going to be a stillbirth. And so, um, and then it was still a while after that until they were like, he started to, he took a breath and he started to cry. And it was just like, and then I had another moment where our doula came over and I just like collapsed in her arms. Cause I was just like, it was just like that. The first thing was like, oh shit. And then the last one was like, oh fucking thank God. It was, oh man, it was so scary. And, and I had no idea any of that was even a risk. I had no idea that this was something that, could have been happening and what had happened was he had inhaled meconium which is like a paste right so it's like making his lung my it's understanding like that it's like right it's stuck in his lungs preventing him from breathing right you're born with your lungs like flat and then they have to inhale and start working and so the meconium i guess kept his lungs from yeah. expanding or whatever well yeah. so and this part is so weird to me daniel's seeing all this feeling all the emotions aware of what's going on i'm over there in the bed talking to my doctor completely unaware that this is happening like hearing it but somehow unable to connect with what's really going on and i don't know why i and and in a way i feel protected from the moment that I wasn't like, I just went through hell giving birth and now my baby might be dying. Well, you thought I was like, well, no, I'll get to that in a second. But like, it's not like I wish I had felt that those awful feelings, but more I'm having trouble reconciling how disconnected I was from the reality of what was happening in that room and from the tone in that room, because I'm a person who likes to be like plugged into reality. And I was just in another state. I was talking to my doctor, like I delivered the placenta pretty fast and my placenta was huge and um, had this extra like piece attached to it that she thinks may have been from the twin. I don't know what it was, but she's like, I'm going to send this to pathology. And that didn't make sense to me. And I said, why? And she was like, I think, you know, just to see if it gives us a clue. And I'm like, like not understanding a clue to what, you know? I mean, that alone should have, that was a tip off, but it just didn't make sense to me. Like, why is it, why why are you saying there's a pathology? 
Um, and then she, she told me that I, you know, she was going to do a stitch and I asked, am I going to, since the epidural is not working, am I going to, like, I was so focused on my own pain that I, I think I hadn't shifted yet into like, and there's a baby here. I just, I don't know. It's like, I, it's very weird to me how much I wasn't getting what was going on. And I had this throughout the whole pregnancy, by the way, I didn't feel the stitch though. Throughout the whole pregnancy, I had this vision of how it was going to be when he was born. They were going to put him on my chest and I was going to look at him and then look at Daniel and like, be, I would I would be crying so much that I would have trouble seeing him and trouble seeing Daniel, but it would be this moment of like, oh my God, this is this human that we created. And that didn't happen at all, but I was surprised. Like I felt nothing. I was just like in shock or stunned. I, I almost, I was like, should I squeeze out a few tears? Like I felt like I'm, my baby was just born. I'm supposed to be crying my baby is crying. <laughs> I'm supposed to be crying. Daniel's crying. What's wrong with me that I'm not feeling any emotion? Because I saw Daniel crying and I thought he was crying over the momentousness of our son being born. I didn't get that he was crying because he was afraid. So that is very weird to me too. Um, I, thought he, I, I thought he was dead. Like I thought he was oh dying. Gosh. Like I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I was just in. But I think they kept kind of kept me in another state that's my understanding of my doula said that like everyone was trying to just keep you in suspended animation until we knew what was going on and i actually when i heard the the chest compressions i said to my doctor is he going to be okay and she said they have to evaluate him Mm. and that was not reassuring no so so like i said i like i was out of it but also there was some part of part of me that got what was going on but it's i think of it sorry uh, to interrupt but i just think of it as like kind of a huge blessing yeah because you had just been through 37 whatever 37 37, hours of trauma to your own body right that i think of it as like maybe if you had experienced those emotions it just would have been too much the only yes i think i think you're right i think that it was like I had hit the limits yeah. of what I could do. The only yeah. thing I'll say is I feel like in the days since I am now kind of playing catch up emotionally yeah. and that is, is upsetting. I, can, I feel, okay, so they got him breathing and they got him sort of to the point where they could transport him to the NICU and right as I turned around at that point and looked at you and you were kind of smiling and talking to the doctor and I remember being very relieved that See, that's you That's nice because I hear that and I like want to punch myself in the face. Well, I know because you don't like foolish. to feel foolish. But like I was just really grateful that you didn't have to worry about this right now because I, after everything you'd just been through, it's like that's my job to worry about that now. Like I have the strength to worry about that. Yeah. You got to take over. Yeah. Right? yeah. Now I, I, yeah. I'm going to be with him and I'm yeah. going to over, you know, I went up to the NICU with him. You know, and I was there while they were doing the rest of what they had to do, which I don't think you could have handled it at that point. No. Um, so I think it was kind of a deliberate choice that everyone sort of made to, you know, you'll find out later. Because honestly, I, I think that the nurses and doctors knew he would be okay. 
Right. Like I think that when you talk to people who do this, maybe some people listening who are involved with this, they'd be like, oh yeah, that happens all the time. It's fine. But we didn't. Right. We don't know that. And right. so they probably assess the situation where like, he's going to be fine. Why worry her over something that she did? Because I think that if it really was um, like a stillbirth situation, they would. They probably would have told you. Yeah. They they were confident. It sounds like yeah. they could they could I, bring him. I think so. Given breath. Yeah. Oh. So Daniel went up to the NICU. I went back to the room to wait for the epidural to wear off, even though, again, I'm like waving my legs around, being like, it's warm. Like, I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they took us to the postpartum room. And then, so he was born at 225. At like between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m., I got to go up and hold him um, for the first, and like do skin to skin for the first time. Um, and... That was really emotional. And, and you did cry just like you wanted I did, to. Yeah, I cried a ton. <laughs> but it was really weird. In the hours between when he was born and when I first got to really be with him, it was very surreal. I had the, It was like, did I, like, I knew I had a baby, mm-hmm. but he was just out there. It was not, mm-hmm. it was not ideal. Did it feel lonely? Because, you know, you wonder, like, like, you have this baby inside of you. Because, yeah, I, you yeah. know, we had Sam right with us. I guess, so I wonder if, like, there was I this think, void a little bit. I think I w- I think all my emotions were just shut down. Yeah. Because I was thinking, why am I so okay? You were like, in shock, I think. I was mm-hmm. okay with the fact that I know he's being taken care of. Um, and... I know I'll get to see him soon. Like I didn't feel this like, like, so help me. I'm going to walk up there. Like I was just at that point, I was emotionally shut down and I was just like, whatever. Like I didn't have any agency anymore. It was just whatever they tell me to do is what I have Mm -hmm. to do. Um, But I did feel like, why isn't this tearing me up more? Sure. Um, That was weird. So got to hold him. got to try to breastfeed at some point that day. I've since learned that if you don't try to breastfeed in the first hour, um, it can affect your milk production, which has happened to me. Like my milk production is not at all where it should be. So that's yeah. like right now I'm pumping every three hours and that's a whole There's a lot, thing. you know, as good as the care was and and I was very happy, for, you know, pretty much across the board with Cedars. Um, that's one area where they, they, they could improve, which is – you know, the mother, they, they tend to look at it like as soon as the baby is born, mm-hmm. you know, now the focus is on the baby, which is great. You know, you want to keep the baby alive. I get it. But there's a symbiotic relationship that continues after birth between the mother and the child that isn't some new agey hocus pocus. It's There's a real true biological symbiosis that continues. And uh, there's so many things they did that Allison could have been present for or at least they should have attended to her to make sure that things were okay, such as if he was whisked up, they could have had you do some pump or something like that. But but also like all the things they did on the table, they could have done next to you right. or with you there. Um you know, your body could have warmed him instead of totally. a instead of a heat lamp. Yeah. You know, so there's things like that. I get they want a controlled environment and there's probably a lot of medical reasons they do it the way they do, but like that's an area they need to improve because um, uh, 
you know, as good as science is, nature is still better. Did you get the shakes or anything like that? I was shaking so much. Yes. Yes. And because, they refer to them as the horm- as hormonal shakes. Oh, because me. my friend, something very similar happened to her where they took the baby away very quickly and she didn't get skin to skin time. And she said that the woman's body shakes violent, like really bad when oh, the baby doesn't get to be I was, on you. I was shaking during ch- during delivery. Oh, during delivery. Yeah. No, like right after if... she like got really shaky, but right. she didn't even get to hold him at all. Like she didn't even. What yeah. did the doctors they just told took me? him away? The the mother's body will regulate the temperature of the baby, like even after birth, like yeah. as long as you're breastfeeding, and and. So, like, if the baby's hot, the mother's body will cool and or vice versa. Wow. And they say that to the point, like, if a mother has twins, uh, both sides, both breasts will be different temperatures to regulate the different temperatures of the babies. Oh like, gosh. that's how that's in nuts. sync the mother's body is. With the baby. It's, Unbelievable. It's really so cool. amazing. Daniel. Yes, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm so hot. Could you turn the AC up just a tiny bit more? Up or down? So I mean, we go up like you want the crank it, it to get cooler. Or up, you want the temperature to go up. It's a scientific miracle how much the she father regulates the air regulate. for the mother. When <laughs> Symbiotic she's, relationship yeah, between just, my, could you, could you my finger, the I thermostat, mean. and the, Turn and it the to electric the north. bill. Turn it to the north. Make it colder. Yes, please. And um, speaking of food and, um, and feeding our babies like mm-hmm. we have been. This is actually, that was a terrible segue because this is not about feeding your baby. It's about feeding you, um, you guys. Let's say you want to make a delicious recipe. You don't want to do that thing where you have to get out the recipe. Oh, I need all these ingredients. I got to go to the store. I don't know how much to get of each one. Ugh, what a pain. Let Blue Apron take all of the pain and inconvenience out of cooking. Blue Apron is amazing. They send you everything you, na- you need to make a delicious meal all these fresh ingredients um, and they're perfectly proportioned and they send you a recipe card with with uh, photos and they break it down and make it super easy. So whether you're just a beginning cook or a chef, you will make delicious meals for less than $10 per person per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. And there's a variety of new recipes each week. Um, or you can just let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. And recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. You can uh, It's flexible, so you can customize the recipes each week based on your preferences. Several delivery options. You can choose what fits your needs. Um, and Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Allison. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Allison. Blueapron.com slash Allison. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, so the rest of our hospital stay... Um, we would go up to the NICU uh, as frequently as possible. They, they wouldn't them, let me walk. I had to be we- in a wheelchair every time, which was a pain. Yeah. Um, they put him on IVs for oh, antibiotics yeah. and uh, initially some saline to keep his, get his blood flowing. Within a day, oh, within a day, like when he was, when they brought him right up, his feet and his hands were gray. There was no blood in his feet and hands. The next day, he looked flush it was awesome. a, it was the most amazing thing to see the next day how much he'd changed and then 
every day he looked healthier and healthier. So um, the whole experience has given me, um, has made me really appreciate that he's healthy because I know yes. a lot of, you know, a lot of times this, it doesn't work out like we out really well. lucked out. Yeah. And, and my heart goes out to anyone who has to experience that because it's, that's pretty brutal. And there was a question of whether they were going to discharge him the same day as us. And I was very stressed about, oh, no, what if we leave and he's still here and how's that going to work? But then, like, miraculously, because we were told that they were going to decide at 7 p.m. on the day that we were being discharged whether he was going to be let go or not. But then at, like, I was say 1 p.m., we got a call and – um and as soon as we got a call from the NICU, like my heart dropped, like, oh shit, you know. But then I, I could hear they Daniel was talking to them and I could hear them say they were discharging him. Um, and of course I started bawling. So that worked out really well. And then we came home and now we've been home and no one's been sleeping, but we're very happy. <laughs> we've just been uh it's amazing how relentless it is. You're just like you know, he's just always yeah. eating and pooping oh, and sleeping. One more disgusting hmm. detail that I wanted to share. Uh, <laughs> this, probably, this, is, this is so gross, but it's probably one of my favorite things that I am going to share. Like I said, I did not poop on the table. However, and I had heard the first bowel movement after childbirth is... Uh, A doozy? Rough. Yeah. Something that people... <laughs> you're afraid of it, first of all. Yes. And it can take a while. So I was... Surprised, sorry, I just dropped the microphone. I was surprised when I want to say like a day or two later, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling an urge to go. Um, and uh, so it was a real struggle. I was really, I was afraid to push, but it was that point, like, kind of past the point where, like, I can't, I can't. Pretend but you, this you is, felt like you, it was coming, so you just started to push. Yeah, I can't pretend this yeah. is. I wish I had a midwife for it. I can't <laughs> yeah. pretend this isn't happening. Yeah. And then, and I'm, I'm so. This is so disgusting, you guys. I'm sorry. So I'm pushing. Please as, draw it out. I, oh, I am. Yes. <laughs> and it was very tiny. This this thing that was causing me so much distress was tiny. As it came out of me, something flew out of my vagina. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you know this? No, but I'm just saying this. It just sounds all right. That's all. Yeah. And I don't know how I knew it was like dark, but I don't know if I was looking down. Elliot doesn't like this story. But it scared the shit out of me. It was the weirdest sensation (laughs) to be pushing and have the thing that what you think is what you're pushing come out of your vagina. And so for a second, I'm like, oh. But I didn't even tear. How are my pipes rerouted? And anyway, long story short, it was just a blood clot, which happens. But yes. it still scared me. Wait, you me. thought you pooped out your vagina? For a second, I... The wires got crossed. For a second, I did. It didn't make any sense to me. But I felt... <laughs> I pushed, and then I felt something come out the front. It's all new sensations. <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, it's like... That happened to me a lot, and it was horrible every okay. time. Maybe. Yes. But it's very, very normal. So I called the nurse. Here's the best part. I left everything in the toilet. Yeah. I, I came out of the bathroom. Daniel was like about to read me a tweet or something <laughs> or tell me about something that was happening in the world. And I'm like, I can't talk right now. And I called because after the clot, then like there was all this fresh blood. Yeah. And so I freaked out. I called the nurse. She came in. She put on gloves and this began nurse, waiting through the toilet. This nurse was, she was amazing. amazing. Oh, my God. She was amazing. There were, I mean, 
We I had cannot one, believe she, like this, the sight of her with gloves acting like yeah. it's no big deal, just wading through. We the had toilet one nightmare over. nurse, but every other nurse was fucking incredible. Yeah. And I swear to God, like that is one of the that is one of the most noble professions. I have so much respect for people who do that. I know. Just I know. Ugh. And everything was good. Yeah, everything good. was fine. Good. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that is our whole crazy story. We've just um, been binge watching our son ever since. Yep. And lots of I guess postpartum emotions like Mm. I kind of all came to the surface. I feel like I didn't really have time to process my whole hospital stay. And so in the days after it's been cut, like I spent a few days just bursting into tears constantly, but I definitely feel better now. Like something has changed and I feel better. So anyway, I'm so look good. You do. Like we came over a week ago and I was like, wow, they look really good. Like you didn't look totally burned out. I gotta say we, we talked to some folks beforehand and you hear these stories like, oh my God, you know, when you have the baby in the hospital, it's great because you have the nurses helping you and then you go home and it's total madness. Mm. And, um, you know, it hasn't been, I don't know if he's just a good baby or- There have been some, there have, there, well, it's not like- The madness uh, is when we're changing diapers and it's, it's like- madness. as it's, To me, it feels like madness when as you're changing him into a new one, he poops on the new one and he, then as you're grabbing a new one, he pees in the air and then he, he, he only pees does that and to poops. He has pooped. He has like peed and pooped at the same time (laughs) while I've been changing him so many times. This child (laughs) is living the dream right now because not only does he pee and poop at the same time all over people who are changing him, which is like, okay, who doesn't want to do that? But here's the thing. (laughs) He'll be eating and while he's eating poop, like who gets to do that? I know, right? Genius. Just snack on the toilet more. Yeah, I guess. Um, No, but it's like, the hard part is simply the fact that it's every couple hours yeah. he's getting Yeah, up. it's so, so hard. So it's the, you know, getting startled out of deep sleep and having to, you know, gather yourself and take care of him. That's the hard part. Yeah, but totally agree. But the taking care of him, I mean, it's going to get way harder. He's a new, he's a newborn. He just needs to get his diaper changed and get fed. It's and like pretty simple. For the record, Wendy has been great. Yay! And well, Wendy's been amazing. Yeah. Although at first she got back, she stayed with a family that was way better than us. <laughs> like we were worried she was going to miss us, and we're like, oh my god, she'll probably yeah. like be inconsolable. Didn't miss us for a fucking second. Forgot about us. She all these pictures of her just like. Huge grin life. on her face. She doesn't smile. She smiles <laughs> in these pictures. She gets home and there was this weird, I know I'm probably projecting, but it was a little bit like. Oh, I'm projecting a ton on her. But she was a little standoffish. Like, okay, I gave you my heart and you gave me away and I'm not going to give it away again <laughs> so freely, you know? And, um, and then, you know, kind of peeing wherever she pleases. But other than that, but in terms she's of her actual great. interaction it's, with the baby, that she's been great about with the baby. Normal. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Yeah, she sniffs him and wants to. Oh, she's curious. <laughs> in terms of projection, whenever Daniel tells Elliot how cute he is in this, like his Snuggleberries voice, <laughs> <laughs> I look at Wendy and I imagine that she's like, "Oh, come on!" I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then I try to like lavish the attention on her, and we both we both have been trying to. Even though I think that she's not a person, so I am acting as if well, she you is. You do have to wonder if, in uh, in some level, she senses that there's another one of her. Because she's the thing. only one that we ever spoke to like that. So now there's some someone else. I don't mm-hmm. know. And she just she knows, she knows that the pack has grown a little bit. The pack and has she's grown. got this 
She's you know, a new member of the pack. She's a good dog. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been good so far. I mean, I, I sometimes think, thank, I hate to say this, thank God we didn't have a twin. <laughs> I mean, you know, two like, would be if we had right? two right now, I mean, Oh I don't God. know how. I don't know how people do it. I, do I guess they have help. The, well, the thing is, you go like when you before you have a baby, or at least this was my experience before before we got pregnant. The idea of twins was sort of romantic, sure, sort of exciting, and oh, how cute! There's two of them; they can be best friends, and all the things they do together. Mm-hmm. And you get two at one time. That's so great. But then once you have the baby, you go like, I don't even know when you, you would do sit down. Right. Like, I don't even know how you, and how do you breastfeed two babies? That's insane. Like, there's so many things about it that I go like, no. Because there there are times (laughs) when you're like, okay, he's fussy. He has a clean diaper. He must be hungry, but I just fed him. And then you feed him and then, oh, he pooped, got to clean his diaper. And then he's hungry again. And you're like, this never (laughs) ends. It's yes. and, you know, and you're like, if you had another no, one, two of them, yeah, exactly. So. I know. I don't know how they do it. Okay, for real, is it warm in here? There's sweat in my bra, it's or is it just cold. me? It's kind of cold. Uh, there's it a, is. There's yes. a stiff, cold breeze there in is. this apartment. <laughs> like my feet are kind of so, cold. We've all got goosebumps. I'm like, yeah. is there a window open? <laughs> <laughs> How is, is this like, still happening? By the way, welcome to my. I'm not pregnant my, anymore. Why welcome am I to still my so reality. Hot? The last two months, I like. Yeah. she'd be like, "Oh, it's warm," and I'd look at the thermostat. Like I'm like, <laughs> it has like ice on it. You know that <laughs> you know that scene in Scrooge where like he looks ahead in the future and like the the one guy is like frozen in the subway, yes. he's blue with icicles. So, sixty four <laughs> fucking degrees and the thermostat, and she's like, "Oh God, it's so hot." <laughs> The thermostat just says low. Like, I don't know if it can go any lower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to ask if you felt like you were, like, cooling down. Because Jenna, as soon as the baby was out, kind of, like, I definitely, felt yeah, I cooler, got chill like you again. as mm-hmm. hot. I mean, you didn't In feel cold general, for eight months. In general, yes. For some reason, yeah. during this podcast, I no. my temperature has <laughs> maybe it's just up. Maybe thinking I'm about again. yeah what you went through. That's what it is. Yeah. Just, but we've been keeping adrenaline. the house warmer for, for Elliot. For yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I've been tolerating it. Oh, and and I'm now able to blow dry my hair without the crazy funk that, yes. that was happening yeah. before. And I've definitely done a lot of. Uh, well, this is also gross, but why stop now? I've done a lot of like touching any sort of sweat that comes off my body and then smelling it and being like, "There's no." I'm back to having no odor. Isn't that great? It's amazing yeah. how fast. So it really was just pregnancy hormones mm-hmm. that was making me. And Daniel's like. It's amazing. I never smelled it. And I'm like, yeah, because it was really... I haven't gotten that close to you in like <laughs> 10 months. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. So, I don't know. I have no idea what you smell like. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you got a perfect baby. Well, thank he's, you. He's a good looking boy. Oh my I've, gosh, I know. I am pretty, um, so, so grateful. It's really crazy. you know. And, and I think too, I have a friend whose son just died tragically and he was 17 years old and it's like i keep thinking about her yeah. and i keep thinking about boy you know you can't take this shit for granted i know you can't you know you have a healthy baby and and and, it, and i've been forcing myself to remember the anxiety uh during the pregnancy of like what if he's you know what if he's born with uh, you know some sort of i don't know defect Something, or he's yeah. got you know he's got what is that hydrocephalus or something right. you, you're just like you know, all the things that, yeah. all the things that could go wrong and you're like oh geez thank god i mean he was 
the he didn't take a breath for seven minutes, and I was, you know, I a thought a lot goes through your mind. I'm I was sure. worried about well, like a, brain damage. Right, you go like a brain without oxygen for seven minutes is gonna have damage. You know, you hear about like, oh yeah, my, you know, uh, I I have a second cousin or whatever who's severely uh, retarded, and it was because I th- I believe it was because there was a. a he was strangled by the umbilical cord while he was yeah. being born or something. And, and you, and you go like, did that happen to my son? And then they explain to you, Oh no, no, we were giving him oxygen the whole time. He just wasn't taking his own breath. But you go, boy, you, you just can't, you just, you, don't just, you can't take it for granted. I you know. just got to count your blessings and yeah, you know, how was the anxiety level on for you guys? You feel, I know you guys, you look good and everything, but I had tons of anxiety. So I'm wondering if you guys have had it yet. Or is it maybe just too soon? <laughs> anxiety. Oh, I wanted to think we've already passed through it. Oh, <laughs> I honestly, when, when does it hit? <laughs> I was feeling extremely anxious leading up to the birth. Like, okay. so we, um, but we got to the hospital and then for about, I want to say, uh, 30 hours, maybe 28 hours. I was like, I felt these waves of, of anxiety, like mm-hmm. panicky anxiety. Um, you know, because it's that thing of like, oh my God, my life is about to change and I don't know what that means and I'm going to have this, but you know, all that stuff. And then our doula gave me this herbal thing for anxiety and it was like gone. I haven't. It's nice. Like perfect. Yeah. So. She Good. did. What was it? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Was it a, was it bourbon and soda? <laughs> she she, she, <laughs> said she takes it every day. Or a dropper? Yeah, it was or? like a herbal something or huh. other, but it was great. And she gave me a little acupuncture for anxiety too. Like while we were there, it was like, it was great. Wow. So I, I actually oh, have been feeling really good good um i felt anxious the first few days okay um i'm feeling better now good yeah i think that's wonderful i was such a stress case everything stressed me out the belly button and how weird it is at first and like all the little things i keep being afraid i'm gonna i know right like i touch it i did touch it and he started crying i felt so bad like my (laughs) finger brushed against it yeah i'm so afraid that i'm gonna like accidentally knock it oh i know i'm afraid of that we haven't bathed him yet oh we took a while to do that i'm that oh and and his little fingernails are i I mentioned this to you guys before so his little fingernails are really sharp and he's scratching his face yeah and I know I need to do something about that. Like, this is on me. I can't wait till he takes care of it himself. Um, <laughs> but, but I'm afraid to cut his nails, too. Oh, I, there's so many little... Yeah, so, so I now guess I turn to him and little things. That's what I say to him. Nails. <laughs> <laughs> so all those little things, yeah. But, I mean, we... We've been to the pediatrician now, mm-hmm. and he's he's just he's doing so well. He then looks there's the diphtheria perfect. tetanus, what they call the dip tet. You got to get him dip tet boosters yearly, or else he'll develop lockjaw and that vision. <laughs> That's Don from uh, Raising Arizona. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the voice I do whenever I hold a baby. Allison <laughs> has not seen Raising Arizona. I know. Oh, I need to see she that. She's never seen a Coen Brothers movie. Can you believe that? Wow, I have. I saw oh, a serious what? man. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Got that? <laughs> oh my goodness! Do you regret marrying me, Daniel? Because <laughs> why? Well, because I want to talk about Zola, the wedding registry that will do anything for love. I I've been compiling my wedding dream book for my next one. 
So, well, for your next one, you should use Zola because couples can register for the brands they want on an easy-to-use platform with the ability to personalize everything with notes and photos. It's a registry that feels like them, a registry that'll feel like you and whoever your next wife is, Daniel. Mm-hmm. It's a one-stop registry. Couples can register for whatever they want, sheets, a wine subscription, or honeymoon funds. Zola works directly with 450-plus brands so the happy couple can find whatever they want in one place. Brands include KitchenAid, SoulCycle, Le Creuset. I wish this was Le- around when we got married. We I know. Sonos, it. Ralph Lauren, and more. Yeah, I know. Anything that can make wedding planning easier, yeah, I am so on board with. And Zola is pretty amazing when it comes to that. Um, and it's available everywhere. It's the highest rated registry app on the iPhone, iPad, and Apple Watch to register on the go. Um, couples can have gifts shipped now, later, or exchange them for something they'll really love. Multiple guests can contribute to bigger ticket gifts and there's price matching. Um, Zola is the wedding registry that will do anything for love. All the gifts, experiences, and funds you want all in one place. Listeners receive $50 when you register and use Zola. Visit Zola.com slash Allison for details. That's Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N. For details, that's Zola.com slash Allison. All right. Oh. I should have said, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, perhaps all the various maxi pads, panty liners, ultra thin panty liners, things like that, that you're going to need after pregnancy. I um, feel like I was a real sport about wearing those diapers in the hospital because I am someone who hates, <laughs> hates, hates pads. And Me like, too. I was a real, you feel like you hate pads too, or you feel no, like I was, I was a sport for wearing them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I could go on about that, but I'm not going to click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you so much for Amazon support. Also, I'm on Patreon. Thank you for your Patreon support. That's patreon.com slash alisonrosen. Patreon is like Kickstarter. You can support artists and podcasters on an ongoing monthly basis. You can get bonus episodes. There's a live, uh, interactive video stream you can have access to. You can get merchandise in the mail, different reward levels. Jenna has been a wonderful guest on our bonus episodes. Um, Greg Heller has been a guest. And this month, due to baby stuff, um, I actually don't know who's going to be the guest. It might just be me answering. It might be Elliot. It might be me answering questions. Um, I don't know. That is TBD. Uh, And also, if you are waiting on your official fan club package, um, there is a pile sitting on Daniel's desk, and we will get those out in the mail ASAP. That's right. There's, there was a slight delay, a slight baby delay, mm-hmm. but we're going to rectify that mm-hmm. shortly. So don't you worry, you guys. Um, I have to smear everyone, but I feel like we should. This, this show has been long. I feel like we should wait, do that next week, and make this one just all about, all about my meatball sub. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop. Um <laughs> I feel like I've I've been flapping my gums for a really long time. Does anyone have anything that they wanted to say? Congratulations. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Job well done. Thank you. Perfectly baked. Yeah, he's super cute and he has like the face of an adult as like he he has the face of a forty year old French man. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping for that. No, I just want to say that um, Allison's amazing. Like she like Yes, there was all the pain meds and all that stuff, but um, boy, you know when it 
when it came to like pushing and doing the the work that she needed to do. And by the way, not just that, but and the pregnancy and then two years of shots and procedures to get the eggs retrieved. I mean, we didn't think going into this that we were even we thought there was a very good chance we wouldn't even conceive. Yeah. Um, there's so many things that I try to think back on and, and think how lucky we are because I know there's probably people who listen who were not lucky, you know, and I just think that's got to be really hard. And, you know, we, we're just super lucky, really fortunate, but you, I mean, I'm just very impressed with what you were able to put yourself through in order to make this guy, uh, alive. Well, thank you. That's very sweet. And I know that I had said before that I heard, because I've talked about how like some of my my more uh, vociferous haters online, it turns out they're people with babies at home. And I've been mm-hmm. sort of, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, like I'm I'm curious about that phenomenon that why when someone's a new dad or why when someone has an infinite home, do they become a total dick online? Mm -hmm. And then I think I was talking about it with Jesse Thorne on my show a long time ago. And he was saying that um, what he discovered is that men at the beginning are really sort of extraneous to the whole process because the baby really needs the mother and the guy's kind of sidelined. But I want to say that has not been my experience of raising Elliot thus far at all. Like, he and I are so dependent on you, Daniel, and you've been doing so much. And thank you so much because the oh, idea of you going back to work scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I am getting so much joy out of taking care of this little guy. It's That's really uh, nature. I mean, it's look, it's, it's there, there's something that happens that makes you want to have kids again. Well, that's the crazy you know? thing. So it's yeah, like, sorry, go ahead. we wouldn't survive as a species if there wasn't something to counteract the difficulty of it or to make the mother forget the pain of childbirth. I mean, if you remembered vividly how awful that was for you, you'd never have another child. As he was coming out of me, I literally had the thought, I'm never doing this again. Like I, like as, as I think his body was passing through probably, yeah. I was like, I'm never ever doing this again. The funny thing is now it's been, you know, That's not very sad. much, Time has passed, and I'm already like, the next time I do this, if there is right. a next time, I'm going to do it this right. way. And <laughs> right. yeah, like yeah, I'm already yeah. ready to tackle it again. That Absolutely. said, I have been trolling the shit out of Gina Grad on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's another, maybe there's something else. I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. You guys, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for being amazing. Um, and, uh, Elliot, thanks for being super cute. Yeah, he knows it. He's cute, but he knows it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. Daniel? You can find me at, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Daniel Quants, Facebook Dequants and Dequants on the Snappy. Oh, 227 is the place to be <laughs> with Marla Gibbs and her family. Well, you know what? Try it out. I think you'll like it. <laughs> wow. Alan? Nice. Uh, I am at the hashtag Al everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, you name it. And Jenna? You can follow me at Jenna Kim Jones, which you should. So you can know when my new special comes out. And I'm holding 
Elliot right now and I'm in heaven. Uh, you can also check out our podcast, Sorry Not Sorry with Jenny Kim Jones, available wherever podcasts are. Check it out. Thanks. Thanks so much, you guys. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Alice and Rosen show? 